You're listening to the Con Artist Podcast. The art of confidence through the creative mind with Allison Robertson and Blake McIver Ewing. Hi, Allison. Hello, Blake. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good, you know? The same, know. the same, you know? <laughs> no, we're very springy. We're very ready for spring. I'm so ready for spring. I was Ay. ready on I was ready on the 20th when it was the first day. I was like, yes, let's do this. We're ready. Move it on in. I found that winter was harder with all of the lockdown and COVID and everything. Yes. Well, we because we marked the whole year. Like here we are. We are through another year. So right. Yeah, I think it's we're re- we're definitely ready to spring into all of this happiness into and something into something. As the I said happiness, so I'm I'm going with the optimism. <laughs> and you can't say happiness without penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> how did you get there? <laughs> oh, you said happiness. <laughs> oh yeah, you can. It's true. Look at that. I didn't even think of it. That You're I'll welcome. never unsee that. I'll never okay. unsee that. Thank you. Sorry, Off mom. A... Sorry, mom, <laughs> for listening. Um... <laughs> oh, you entertain me. Your TV. <sighs> Today on our podcast, we're going to kind of put each other on the spot and mm-hmm. sort of be our own guests today. As we've talked about for so many of our guests, how we share our story is so important and how we choose to share our truth is powerful and Mm -hmm. carries much inspiration and much transformation, but it's difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was going back and listening to some of our early episodes and we talked about ourselves a little bit, but not really that much. We sort of did the polite only child thing that we've now joked about in episodes (laughs) previous but we kind of did the like here's the highlight reel okay anyway moving on this is why we're talking about the con artists yes it's very funny being only children people think only children are self-centered and selfish and they use all of those words but i i find that our type of only children are we very quickly like here's the cliff notes and let's move on we want to get off of us as quickly as possible because we have been taught to put a tension on other people yes not on ourselves people pleasers that's Mm. that's the part of only children that doesn't always get highlighted because yes because because the stereotype is yes that we're completely self-centered that it's all about us because we've never had to share anything with anyone ever which is true (laughs) it is true there's a lot of truth in that but but the other the flip side of it is that our parents have made us very aware of engaging other people, making it about other people, including other people, because we have had so little practice in all of that. Correct. Yeah. So let's talk about sharing our stories. Why, why is As we're trying difficult? to avoid it. As we're, we're both trying to trying avoid, to avoid it. it. We're yeah. both like- We're trying to, yeah. trying to talk around it. Let's talk uh-huh. on it. Okay. Why does it, because it definitely makes me uncomfortable to share yeah. my story. If someone's like, so tell me about you. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. the worst. worst thing in the world tell me your story what do you do like any of those questions i literally want to crawl into a hole and just rock myself to sleep right and literally just hearing you say that to me gave me anxiety (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna pose the question this way i'm gonna pose it to you and then i'll i'll answer it as well Mm -hmm. why why do you have hesitation about sharing your story because you have a very powerful story to tell 
Right. I, thank you. It's so funny. My I, my heart is literally pounding. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I listen. Uh, this is what I coach people about, and I talk people about about being proud of who they are and where they come from and what they have to say. And everyone has a voice. So I I do believe that, but I also have had to work on it for so many years. Right. There was a time period that I could not say I am an actor when people asked me what I did, and I was on TV and people would ask me what I did. And I was like, mm, I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a mom. Cause that was like much easier to identify with right. than to talk about what I did or what I had a craft at or so why is the story so hard to tell? Why is it so hard to share? I think it's a little bit of a, am I bragging? Is it true? Did I make it up? Am I a fraud? Is everything I'm saying correct? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. That's all the noise. That's the tape, I guess yep. I should say, right? But I think it would be easier if someone just said, could you just give me your resume? And could you just give me um, your bio and the exact like facts? Just give me the facts, ma'am. I think if someone just said, could you just give me the facts of your life? I would be like, oh, sure. Here's the facts. Bup, 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 bup. But if I have to tell you my story, my interpretation of how my life is, my imposter syndrome comes up ready reports for duty very quickly is is that your experience when someone says tell me your story or tell me how you got here or tell me your journey or whatever it is. The word uh, is. and well i will say to speak on what you were just talking about that is what i default to is the bullet points the facts mm -hmm. that's i because i think because i started working so early and had a resume as a kid <laughs> You immediately go, oh, it's just people. That's all people want to know. You think that's all people want to know is just, I did this, I did this, I, then I did this, and that led to this and this and this and this and this, and here I am now. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I have found that the older I get and the zigs and zags and twists and turns my life and career have made, you know, some of the things I'm most proud of are not, you know, quote unquote valid or, you know, a linchpin for industry attention right so yeah. so your once your system of worth and value shift you are suddenly confronted with having to talk about your life in a very different way and i still struggle with that yeah it, it's a daily show you know what was a shift for me it, it's not another accolade or another moment or another someone saying like oh wow it's not that it's my kids mm. they're teenagers and they will get in the car with their friends and they'll say to me, mom, tell us a story. Mom, mm. tell us about this time in your life. Mom, tell this story. And I, and it's been more and more consistent, especially during COVID because we're, you know, alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the campfire chat, right? And they want to know, mom, tell us this. And that has sort of given me the confidence of like, wow, you know, they find it funny or they find it amazing or they find it horrifying or whatever they, whatever their, whatever their reasoning is. But the more I tell the story, I realize, oh, wow, I haven't told this story in forever. Right. Right. And, and that's a default we have that we are so afraid to share our stories. Now, there are some people that have no problem sharing their stories. That's true. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> that is not us and that's probably not our listeners um 
I mean, I'm pretty sure our, probably our listeners are feeling the same way. You know, when do I share? Should I share? Am I worthy to share? Am I enough to share? I think that's where it, it comes in too. Right? Am well, I going to, is it going to be perceived the right way? I think that's it. Is it going to be perceived the way I'm sharing it? And in creative professions, like we've talked about with so many of our guests, we have to overcome that hurdle of the insipid and horrifying small talk, right? Mm -hmm. That can cripple us with fear about sharing because that feeds the imposter syndrome, right? All yes. of that you know talking to someone with the guise or the or the ulterior motive of what can you do for me is the real question so the so we have conditioned ourselves to give like we said the short bullet points of why do we matter in the space yes. as yes. opposed to just walking into a space going i'm enough i matter yes 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 it's so true so I have a question for you. Yes. Where, um, since we're speaking on the imposter syndrome and telling mm -hmm. our story, and um, and I mean we can get into a little bit of our stories. Yeah. Since we both would rather you know walk on hot coals than tell <laughs> our stories, but where in your journey have you felt like have you felt the imposter syndrome really rise up? And I'm sure it's risen up many times. But many times. What's the one that stands out? most recently or the biggest or whichever one you want to share with our audience? I think um, one that is probably one of the biggest, and you will relate to this because you were in the room when it happened, um, was probably at my first big concert after I had written my album. It, the album hadn't even come out yet, but it was the first time I was sharing my original music. And because my original music of that first album was very much inspired by the stories of my life, even though they were abstracted, mm -hmm. it was all inspired by things that I had been through. And it was very personal and it was very scary. And I had not written very much music before. I had a weird, I never talk about this, but I had a weird foray into songwriting because I started writing music in my teens and I wrote, a friend of mine and I wrote the theme song to the movie my dad was producing at the time. Now, this was an independent picture. It was a faith-based film. Yep, that I happened to audition for before I ever knew you. Which is, still blows my mind. Crazy. To this day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we wrote this song, submitted it. The director liked it before he knew that it was mine. They, it, my dad just put it in the submissions with, without names on it. He liked it. It ended up on the movie that's all well and good. And even if people think, you know, I, I wasn't even worried if people thought nepotism because <laughs> it was a yeah. small independent feature. What does it matter? Yeah. But then they submitted it for Academy consideration for best original song. And we made it into the top 40, the final 40 of the selection process. Now, obviously we didn't get nominated, but, but it was a very strange feeling. I was in college still at the time and i had a song in the top 40 of, of the academy for the academy award for best original song now you would think that would be a very like oh validating moment no for me it was total imposter syndrome it was like who am i yeah <laughs> like, is this real is this gonna real you mean they're gonna listen to three diane warren songs and then me no no yeah. sir no ma'am they've made a mistake me, let me crawl in a hole and die like i was mm -hmm. suddenly mortified <laughs> Yes. 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 
and that's and that's the epitome of the imposter syndrome right there right that's yeah. exactly that moment and that was the beginning of me writing music so then and that song had nothing to do with me or my story or my journey then i put all this music out into the world for the first time live that was about the things that i had gone through was about mental health was about being a child actor was about you know all of these things of course like you mm -hmm. know d steeped in metaphors and <laughs> you know i was definitely not mm -hmm. taylor swift just telling my story <laughs> um, oh, but but it was you know it was horrifying and i felt i've also i have a weird relationship with with the piano because i i started playing very young i sort of cheated my way through learning to read music by memorization and I would memorize a piece and then play it by ear. So I wasn't really learning to sight read ever. I could sight sing, but I couldn't sight read, which became a big problem. And so I quit piano for a long time. I had a terrible teacher as a kid. Then I relearned how to play and sort of relearned how to, how to play by ear and by chord so that I could chart and write, but was never a good, you know, was could never sit down and just, if you threw a piece of music in front of me without chords on it, I couldn't you know, still read to this it. day, can't just quickly read note for note. So that brings up a lot of inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. here I was at this at this gig that we had arranged, you were producing, and I was going to sit down at a baby grand and play 12 songs that nobody had ever heard before. And I don't even consider myself a pianist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What were you walking into? So, you know, that was probably one of the biggest ones for me. Yeah. Because it was all, it was a, it was a convergence of all the things. It was personal. It was story. It was music. It was performance. You know, funny enough, the only thing I wasn't worried about was singing that night. I was like, I know the notes are going to come out of my throat. It's everything else that right. I don't have faith in right now. Yeah. No, it's 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 amazing when the imposter syndrome and I'm sure how I many how many people were in the room that night? Oh, a couple hundred. There, there's no way anyone thought you had one second millisecond of those thoughts. And I was out of my mind. Yeah, not, just not even not even present until I started, you know, it was all the, it's all the right. beginning. It's all the right, leading right, right, up right. to stuff until, until you sit, sit down and strike the first key and then you can go, Oh, right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things about the imposter syndrome is that you have it, but you still keep going. The imposter syndrome doesn't make you stop. It no. just makes you question what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make you stop. It just keeps you from maybe enjoying it or embodying it or living it to your fullest but it doesn't ever make you stop what you're doing i mean i no. think that should be the blessing in it right i guess so yeah yeah and i think if it does make you stop then you probably weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing right yes yes i agree i agree okay with that one. tables turned when have you felt most like a fraud imposter syndrome what's uh, the bit or i should say like you said what's the biggest one what is the one that that stands out the most the the one is the most recent was uh the, with my book enoughness the simple truth to embracing you you know melissa and i had spent a very long time in getting the book from you know my brain to the page to the page to a book to the book to amazon mm -hmm. <laughs> to people's hands right and so once it got there I, I just sort of kept holding my breath thinking like oh my god 
in six months, I'm going to be so embarrassed that I made everybody buy this book <laughs> and it's going to be like a doorstop of people's house. And not because I didn't think what was inside the book didn't have value. Right. I think I thought, who do I think I am that I think I'm an author now that I think I'm so. And then when the book came out and everyone started talking back to me and telling me what they liked about it and they heard my voice and like all these things started coming out, I sort of relaxed into it. But in that time, that imposter syndrome was really strong of like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm so far down this 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 journey there's no turning back. The book is on Amazon. I mean, there's no right. turning back. I can't pull right. it. You can't unpublish uh, it. <laughs> people know it's there. And so so the imposter syndrome got sort of dampened down a little, right? Now, I had been an actress, so I'd been on TV, and I had people give me feedback about my work or being insecure. About so, so this wasn't a new journey for me. It was just a new arena. And I did not think I, you know, I thought authors had to go to, I don't know, Yale or like some sort of college. And right. that is not my, my story. So I had a lot of expectations and thoughts about what makes a writer, what makes an author. Mm -hmm. So I was really battling myself. So then I was like, okay, well, this is a personal development book. So this is okay. I'm good. And then about, you know, four months after the book came out, I was in New York and I was at a bar in New York. I was sitting there in the bar and I got a, a Google alert that said, you are on the Forbes list for the top seven books to help you help yourself. And I remember in, in the bar and I turned to my boyfriend and I said, is this real? And he said, yeah, babe. And I said, no, you're, you're wrong. Cause I'm thinking I I'm an idiot and he's a bigger idiot. I'm going to go to the one source who I know will know. And I walked outside in the rain and I called Melissa mm -hmm. cause I knew she would not pull any punches. Right. And I said, Melissa, I just sent you something. And she said, and she was, I think she was picking the kids up from school. And she said, I got to pull over. I'll call you right back. Cause she was pretty sure. Let me get to the bottom of it. Right. And she called me back and she said, no, this That's is, real. this is real. And I just remember standing there and I was alone in New York, like 57th between fifth and sixth. And I'm like standing <laughs> there and I'm thinking, this is really, I don't know how to feel, but, and I kept thinking, I think they made a mistake. Mm. That's what I kept thinking. This isn't real. But, you know, once I overcame that imposter syndrome, once that, once that fraudulent feeling went away, then it came in right then it came in and i felt so i was so excited to share and i'm wondering did you feel the same way once you were up and you were singing and the album was out then did you were you, were you able to feel your story was your story able to then uh, were you able to bask in it a little well i was i felt like i was able to reclaim it right because there's a weird uh, thing good when, word. You, when you write your story down in any way like you very tangibly and specifically with the book me with sort of mm -hmm. in an ephemeral way with the with the songs once it's outside of your body you you have to give it over it's like a baby <laughs> that you have to yeah, give yeah. up give up and then it's sort of like oh once i can digest it then i can reclaim it and okay yeah this is mine this is this is me telling my truth sharing with people one last little thing about this. It's the same way, like when people would ask me, what do you do? And I couldn't say I was an actor. 
the same way when people would say, oh, you have a book and I couldn't say the title. Like it was, I, I get hung up on these very weird things where I have shame in saying the thing that's mine, mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's mine. Um, I don't have that today, by the way, I can say it very proudly, but it's so weird when I think of that moment and the shame and the just dread if someone had asked me anything about it, even though I probably had a smile on my face and I probably looked like I was really excited, but I was in a battle with myself. Yeah. Well, and it's that thing that we have, I, you know, I think all creatives have, right? Where you, this thing that you're proud of, this thing that took skill to accomplish, but you don't want to be perceived as dot, dot, dot. And you could insert mm. any, that, that dot, dot, dot changes for everybody, right? I don't want people to think that, you know, yeah, it's sort of I liken it to walking into the audition room, right? As actors, we wish that we could just walk in and just go right to the read, go right to the work. Could we cut all the BS? Yeah, could we just not do any of the rest of it. But yeah. the problem with that is you still have to come. You, the person has to still walk into the room before you, the actor, walks into the room. Yes. <laughs> You have to be okay before you can actually perform. Exactly. So, which brings which brings me to something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had some amazing guests on this season. Yes. Uh, Michael Bluestein and Matthew Scott Montgomery and Dia Frampton, and they were amazing at how they kept themselves inspired this past year, mm -hmm. especially in COVID. And I feel like all three of them sort of soared in their creativity or self-generating creativity. Um, and I think their their episodes were quite inspiring. So how do you stay inspired? Either continuing your story or, you know, I, I could say during COVID, but I think it's more, I think it's more about your, us talking about our story and our journey. How do you stay inspired on your journey here? For me right now, because I think this question is, is great because it's ever changing. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever in the same spot from day to day on this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it was easy to get inspired towards the beginning of quarantine to find creative new ways because it, I looked at it like a puzzle, right? Oh, okay, well, we can't do X, Y, Z. So what can we do? And so I started to mm -hmm. figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a year into that now, a, a year past the, the first lockdown mark, I'm finding it extremely exhausting. Right. I, I'm I'm finding it hard to get excited about another virtual show, another not in person thing. Zoom, another Zoom, Zoom. another Zoom call, another, uh -huh. you know, I'm definitely I I was able to stave off the fatigue for a long time, mm -hmm. but I'm finally there where, where I'm like, yeah, this is not so. I'm going to be really open and honest as, as we are on this mm -hmm. um, show. I'm right now figuring, trying to figure out what the next step is because I know I can still feel the, the glimmer of inspiration in the back, in the, in the back, the spark is still there. Mm -hmm. the, the, the little flame is still crackling, but I need to figure out how to get it to the forefront. Cause I'm definitely in a creative moment where, okay, I feel like I've exhausted all of the cutesy creative ways to handle not being able to be a performer in person. And now I'm very much at the end of yes. that. So I don't know what it is next. I know that it will present itself. I will find it. It will 
you know, I had a phone call the other day that was exciting potentially for five months down the road, but you don't know, you know, you don't want to hang your hat on something immediately, but right. we are right. all looking. I feel like I know I am specifically looking to find, okay, I've got to get, I've got to step it up and step into the next thing because I, I can't make these little online things exciting anymore. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Um, agreed. And I think you did an amazing job at keeping your head above water, keeping your creativity flowing and being inspiring. And I will still, and I will still continue to do them because I was able to reach, you know, a wider audience than I could have before. So there was a great gift in that. Um, yes. But it has to be inspiring. It has to be, you know, it's, it's time to level up is I guess yes. what I'm saying. Yes. I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that one. A How about as you? Far, well, as far as me, you know, I felt I, I too am reaching a fatigued point, right? I, I definitely feel like with Melissa and I, with our business, we definitely uh, pivoted and figured out how to continue to generate mm -hmm. and how to coach and how to help people. I also figured out how to keep speaking and connecting with people and I sort of mastered Zoom. We created the podcast. Like, so we did a lot of things in the creative that were very inspiring. Yes. But I do agree. I, I am hitting myself a fatigue wall where I'm like, okay, we have been hustling for a good 11 months. I will mm -hmm. say the first month into COVID, we were like, what in the hell happened? But then, you know, a month or two after I was like, okay, we've been, I've been hustling. So my inspiration has always been feed me information, bring me education, bring me what's the next generation. What are we doing? So I will say what is missing for me is my creative outlet mm. as an actress, because I'm a stage actress or I'm a TV actress. And so that, and I'm not one that wants to play alone. Right. So I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in any way doing something by myself like that. I don't want to do anything virtually, right? Yeah. That doesn't, it, that doesn't get me going. So I think my inspiration is how can I help others? How can I connect? How can I ins keep inspiring you to do something, right? How right. can I be a, maybe a champion or an audience member? Yeah. Right. So, but I, I did say the other day, you know, I have some, a, a lot of emotional things going on in my world with like my dad and that kind of stuff. And I did say, God, I would love to be on a stage right now. Mm. And not because I miss being on a stage. Of course I do, but because of what's, this is how I would process all of this. Right. Right. And, and that's, I think that's, that's what I miss. But as far as inspiration, I would say mine is education. Keep feeding my mind. I keep feeding right. my mind. And that's so important. That's such an important yeah. thing to remember. Because yeah. the minute we stop learning, we stop growing. Yeah, 100%. The minute 100%. we think, and I'm telling, I'm literally telling myself that right now. <laughs> I'm yes. not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. No. I, we've, you know, we've got to keep learning. Yes and keep receiving information and processing it because otherwise it, you do get a little overly fatigued. So, yeah. Okay. So we're going to keep going on past guests and what's been going on yeah. when what, what, what we've been inspired by. So we had two guests that really, I think stood out for us one for you 
and one for me and one was for me was Darius talking about he created his own sandbox mm-hmm. instead of sort of conforming to the Broadway world or waiting for someone to create something for him. He created his own, you know, sandbox. Version. Yeah. And yours was Krista. Yes. Right. And you loved her commun her, her artistic community and the artistic community. When you go into her world, they say, what do you make? What do you make? Not who are you or what do you do, but what do you make? And that turned on all your bells and whistles. And it, that one hit me like a ton of bricks because I, again, in, in jumping back a few topics, um, we're so used to, especially in Los Angeles, we are so used to the, what do you do? Which really just mm-hmm. means, like I said, what can you do for me? Are you worth yeah. having this conversation with? And what do you make is such a brilliant, it, it turns the whole self-worth and imposter syndrome thing on its head. It deflates the imposter syndrome. It literally makes the imposter syndrome go away. It's the same way if I ask you, instead of what do you want to do, if I ask you, how do you want to live? Right. Right. That's a real easy question to start answering. Yeah. Versus the other that's seemingly impossible. Correct. Okay, so. And so I thought about this quite a bit. I thought about, well, what do I make? Well, what do you make? Because that's another question that could make you melt down inside. Right. When you're fighting the imposter syndrome and you're constantly reinventing yourself. And 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 let's be honest to our audience, too. We're also sometimes can be it's not under a microscope. That's what I mean. But we're under a critical eye. Yes. And I feel like. And because we sometimes swing for the fences, people can criticize what we do. Always. So and people when feel, someone asks you, what do you make? You're going to be like, oh, I'm going to tell you after I make it. I'm not going to I'm not going to lead with that. Do you agree? Absolutely. And when you're a public creative, you open yourself up to all kinds of criticism from yeah. every corner and every far dark reaches of you know the Internet and beyond. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we've talked about. But I did think a lot about this question, what do you make? Because since I am not a visual artist, I am not a mm-hmm. craftsperson. I don't make pottery. I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't do any of those things. But I thought about I thought all the way back to being a really little kid and I loved building miniatures of anything. I mean, sets mostly. I would go see a show or I'd see a movie or I'd, you know, ride a ride at Disney or whatever. And I would try and recreate it in miniature in my own space so that I had Mm -hmm. it, which I look back at and a lot, I used to look back at it just specifically as, oh, that was just me always wanting, wanting to be a director, right? I had control over the environment. I moved the pieces around like, which, and there is some truth to that. That is, that is very much where I started my love of directing. But even more than that, I went, oh, well, I did make stuff. It might not have been the most beautiful things in the world, but I, you know, I was, could take a piece of cardboard and some scotch tape and make magic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some markers, and Mm -hmm. I was good to go. Um, So I think how that has translated in my, into my adult life as a creative is if I had to answer that question uh, succinctly, I would say I make experiences. Yes, 1000%. Because my goal with everything that I do, whether it is directing, whether it is sharing a song that I've written, whether it is 
um, you know, building a show, whether it is, whatever it is. Whether you're taking someone out for their birthday, I want, you were building an experience. Yes, I want to share experiences with people. I value experiences so greatly personally and, mm -hmm. or, and professionally. And so that is, I, that is my craft. I, I believe, uh, even more so than just the individual things of like, yes, I sing and yes, I write and yes, I act and blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I teach, mm -hmm. but I, I, experiences are so important to me. And so if I had to make a thing, I, I make experiences. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's true. I like that one <laughs> a lot. It was very inspired by this podcast. I, I don't think I would have I, thought I, about it in those terms I, had we not had that conversation with Krista. I agree with you. Uh, that that was like that was a, a, a real moment for the show. Right. What do you make? Mm -hmm. What do you make? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I am very I have been someone my whole life that is like gives gives people things right i'm i, I am um i don't want to say gifts but like i'm a thoughtful i've always been very thoughtful like, throughout my my world definitely and so now how does that translate into what i do so what do i give people i think i give people gratitude and confidence mm -hmm. right but i also make everything about what you're doing okay mm. and i've always done that I can I can take any situation that people have going on and make it okay, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Right? I I'm the one that can see a big picture right. of where you are right now and where you're going to go, and I can make connect the bridges to make it okay. Yes. And the way I do that is with gratitude and confidence, and and showing you that you're human, right? right. And I think that's that's something I've really discovered over this past year is, is my ability to do that and to really own it and claim it and be like, okay, you know what? I create clarity for people. Mm. That's what I, that's what I make. Mm. I make clarity for other people. And it's, it's easy for me. Like the same way you're like, I like to make experiences for people like me creating clarity. If someone's in chaos or they've got a creative idea and they, they sort of, present it with me. I'm like, Oh, I get it. Here's a, B, C, D. I don't take their idea from them. Mm -hmm. I just can kind of expand it and show them like, yeah, you can absolutely do this. And this is how you do it. I, I feel like you and I have done this. Like I can really, and especially if someone's in a negative space also, right. I feel like I have a, a good ability to be like, mm, the glass is definitely, I can see the glass half full. Let's turn this situation around. Right. So Absolutely. that that's that's what it make. I make clarity and confidence. Oof. Oof. It's so true. Cause I was trying I was actually trying to think what I would say on your behalf. <laughs> I'm like, because Allison makes so many things. You know, I would I would say because you do, you you make safe spaces, mm -hmm. but that's not all it is. Our producer is saying she makes great meatballs, which is very true. <laughs> we have it's we true. we have hand crushed garlic to prove it. Um, but you know, cause, cause that is, that's part of it. We've, you know, we've, we've talked about and joked about in the past, how you collect people, not things. Um, yep. <laughs> it's very true, but it's very, true. But it's very hard during COVID too, but it's more than that. Right. It's not mm -hmm. just, you know, cause if the, if the clarity, so the clarity thing is so that just ding, 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 yeah. 100%, yeah. you make clarity for people. So, which now let me just bring this, listen, audience we made a commitment to each other, Blake and I, that we we're going to start getting honest in 
not that we weren't, but we're going to get really honest, especially in our uh, season two. But imagine when you bring the con and the artist together, the confidence coach and the artist together, and we bring clarity and experience mm. and we come together. I mean, that's that's why why we have been such a unique team, because we've been trying to figure out how do we bring our two what we make together. Because right. it isn't about singing and acting and dancing and and costumes and we can do all that. There's Correct. no doubt about that. Correct. But it's what's the elevated thing? Like you said, what are we leveling up to? How do we create a experience with incredible clarity and confidence? Absolutely. And the experience in bringing up the experience, that is such an important part of this because everything that we do, everything that we learn, everything that we gain and experience, we we have to take with us to the next step. And that's been something that I've been challenging myself with mm. is making uh, in the past, I will, I will frame it this way. In the past, I have used, and you know this to be very true. I'm again, I'm gonna get real honest and show some flaws here. I have been very, I have used my experience. I've weaponized it in the past. Uh, I have mm. used it in a way that if I am feeling disrespected, mm -hmm, I will very mm -hmm, quickly mm -hmm. jump to, well, I have 30 blank years of experience in this business. Who are you? You know, even though all I can have all the imposter syndrome galore, then the minute yeah. somebody challenges my expertise, I will suddenly become a monster and go yeah. and go, well, <laughs> I started in this business when I was six years old. You know? <laughs> Like, I was on television when you were still wiping your butt. Like, <laughs> yes. And so yes. It, it it has to be mindful, and I, I that's where the clarity and the confidence comes in, where it's where it's confidence, not cockiness, where it's it is it yes. is a learned place. Um, I had to I had to check myself. I I did it not but two weeks ago, and I had to go. Whoa, stop! No, that's not it. Yeah, that's not the look. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is that that's one of the things I hope people are getting from this is like that's part of the creative mind is that sometimes, you know, our minds write checks, our bodies are not willing to catch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and hey. that's and that is what we have to start to say, like, I'm sorry, I may have just my ego just totally took over in this conversation. So let me roll it back and tell you how I really want this to go. And I apologize for all the people I just took out and offended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where we would normally pack up all of our stuff, go home and make the other person wrong. Yes. Yes. Right. And we blame it on our only childness. Right. But it's not an, it's that's not a personality state. It's a imposter syndrome, protective state. We can run down a list of why we do it. Right. Well, and that I mean, that's that brings us back to the thing we were talking about weeks and weeks ago now in our cancel culture episode about talking mm. about how accountability is really the key. Right. Yeah. Self accountability is what we're talking about here. But yes, yes. But that's all part and, of it. Yes. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about is that as we move out of you know, move into this new world of ours. Um, I think they're not, we're not saying we're not in a pandemic, we're moving into an epidemic mm. with COVID, right? H how are we going to behave? I mean, we have a lot of bad habits that we have come up with as a society, being antisocial, not used to being around people, not used to working 
face to face. We're used to being on Zoom. So what are some of the things that we can do while we're going out to have these experiences with confidence and clarity? And I had said to you is that we have to learn to roll with the punches. We do. Right? We do. And what I'm finding right now at the very sort of beginning of this, what I'm calling tiptoeing out of the front door. Yes. <laughs> we're not running. We're not running head first. No, um, no, but no. Starting no. to tiptoe out. And I know certain places around the country are more open than we are here in Los Angeles, but we have been so massively inconvenienced for the, those of us that have not lost people. Those of us, those of us yes. who have not been through tra yes. like specific trauma in this, I, I, that's a completely different journey. And, and I give full respect. Yes to that. But for those of us who have just been massively inconvenienced by the past year, we are going to have to be really cognizant of minor inconveniences not being global. Yep. Oh, that's a really great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And we I, and not being dramatic about exactly. it. Exactly. I saw a meme uh, a couple of days ago that said, you know, you usually it's like hell hath no fury like a woman yeah. scorned or something which right. is very sexist but i saw one that said hell hath no fury like a homosexual mildly inconvenienced yeah <laughs> and i was I like mean, i was like wow i feel seen and held accountable yeah <laughs> i mean when you said it's and sexist i was like sexist but i i'm gonna take that placard um but but it is it is one of those things it's it, we're gonna have to manage our expectations yes Yes. And we're going to have to really look at like, okay. And I think we're going to have to do, where were you a year ago? Yeah. We're going to have to really check in that if in three months from now, we are, we happen to be able to go to a beach and lay there right. that you're going to have to check in with yourself. Where were you a year ago? You were not laying on a beach no. or, you know, no. or you were not having drinks with each other, or you were not seeing each other face to face. You know, I mean, I, 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 I did get to see Melissa over the weekend briefly in our, you know, still distance and all that. But right. I mean, we actually did sort of do like a, a half hug. I mean, like, thank God. Right? right. Right. So I'm grateful for that, but I'm not, you have to in doses, small doses, right. small doses. Well, like and you said, in, tiptoeing. In continuing our train of, you know, brutal honesty, I'll tell you exactly where I was a year ago. I was not in a good spot. I was not in a good place. I was finishing a year of the when the pandemic hit, I had just about hit the year mark of job hunting for yes. production oh, jobs right. and entertainment that I didn't even want, but I just felt like all my whole focus was just making money. I just have to make money so that I can yeah. survive yep. and, and not thinking in terms of any sort of like life planning or anything. I was just throwing spaghetti against the wall and just, yep. and I was not in a good headspace. I, I in fact, I'm in a much no. better headspace now, even going through all of the inconveniences yeah. that we've No, I agree. Cause it was not cute last, well, specifically last February, but last March as well. Yeah, no. And thinking, oh, great. Now I'm being stalled for this, right? Not knowing it was going to be stalled for a year. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. So with that said, you know, another with us moving now that we're tiptoeing and we're talking about where we were a year ago and wh how far we've come and what we've learned. You know, another feedback from our season this year was our episode on COVID-itis, mm -hmm. you know, everybody being like, 
just at their wits end with all of this. And I, I think we got the most feedback from that show. Definitely. Did you feel that? Yeah, Definitely. in a positive, in a positive way, right? Yeah. People being grateful of saying, hey, artists, are you honed up on your skills? Have you been practicing? Hey, yeah, you haven't been around people. Do you have your social skills? Do you know how to be social? I mean, we had joked about having a dinner party and having a panic attack. Like, how would you possibly sit down with six people? I almost said 10 and my heart started to flutter. Right. Like, how would you sit down and have a conversation? Are we prepared? Are we prepared of what is coming up in the next three, six, nine, 12 months? I will say the thing that I'm looking forward to the most, and I don't think I even talked about this when we did our COVIDitis episode, mm -hmm. but I'm really excited to not be in fight or flight perpetually when I'm out in public. I agree with that one. I think a lot of the a, a lot of the irritation and a lot of the um, inconvenience, anger <laughs> that happens, I yeah, think yeah, because yeah. we've all been processing the fear of this thing differently. That because I just I I I know I notice it at the grocery store. You know, if someone comes within six feet of me and I don't know them, I become irate, yes. <laughs> you know? I'm looking forward to not feeling that. I'm looking forward to being able to go, yeah, it's okay. We can navigate through the universe with other people. Together, yeah. together. Yeah, and, yeah. and people will still invade your personal bubble and that will still not be okay, but there's ways to deal with it that's not, you know, pulling you a machete out. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. I don't Agreed. have one in case our listeners are concerned. <laughs> so, so I, you know, me being the bringing up the facts and the psych, psychological, psychological part of our, of our uh, show, as we're rounding up this episode, we, we did get off track of, you know, how we felt about telling our story mm -hmm. and we have told more of our story. How do you feel moving, going in to our new world here? Do you feel you'll be more forthright in sharing your story? Do you feel the podcast has helped you tell your story more? Do you feel what do you do you feel your I feel this is something we'll always struggle with, but do you have a new lease on this or what do you think? I do. And I feel like it is very specifically these conversations that we've been having right here on this podcast have been it's almost like I don't know if it's given me a new lease, but it's helped me reclaim pieces of my mm. story when we're talking to people and I can relate on some level and it reminds me of a time when dot 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 that's a very different way of looking back at my story than I typically have in the past and I think that's really empowering that that's that's really taking it into a different place and going oh right I have this piece of me, this part of me. It was like, you know, when we were talking about the Oakwood apartments. Yes. <laughs> a couple yes. weeks ago. And as silly as that is, it it was like, oh no, this was a this was a part of my life. This was a part of my career. This was a part of being a child actor. This was, you know, that had nothing to do with quantifying or qualifying, you know, which I spend yeah. so much time doing when I'm sharing my story. So I think those kinds of things we get out of these conversations that I wouldn't have had had we not actively gone, we're going to have these conversations and we're going to do it on a podcast and people are going to listen to it. Yikes. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. And I, I do think that it's really funny, but it's like practicing telling our story. Yeah. We got to practice Yeah. and we got to have conversation and dialogues with strangers because yes. a lot of our guests, we don't know. Didn't know at right? all. Right. Yeah. So 
you are on your feet and you you're sort of fielding it and listening in a different way than somebody you know exactly and i think that's what i hope everyone takes away is that yes tell your story yes for five minutes be uncomfortable telling it but own it and be proud because your story has something to say right and with that said i think part of your story blake that's so amazing is all that you have accomplished and it's so diverse and you started so young and it's hear what i'm saying it's it's those you have those iconic moments in your career mm-hmm. that make people stop and say oh, i know who you oh i know who you are oh you're that uh, right mm-hmm. and they get a, i watch them get a little starstruck i mean i've been out with you i know it um and i think instead of shirking away from that i think it's it's time for you to lean into the pride that they're meeting you with that excitement that they're meeting you with right um i think it's time for you like you said to reclaim that and and see how special and amazing it is right share that share that moment yeah share in it share in it facilitating it yeah share in it share in it right because it is really unique and special yeah yeah and that's a hard lesson to learn it's taken me years and years to learn. Mm-hmm. But you won't, I think you'll be amazed at uh, what will come back at you. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Look at that live coaching on the air. <laughs> You're oh, welcome. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. For sure. It's an important thing to remember. All right. What are we going to do to take a leap forward? And I'm posing this question to both of us because I feel like the the moral of the story right now is I mean I've I've called it I just called it leveling up but what I really mean is 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 taking the leap the next leap because mm-hmm. honestly everything's going to feel like taking a leap at this point because mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had nothing mm-hmm. for a year mm-hmm. so doing anything is going to be taking a leap um what does that look like for you well I think one of the things that is going to alter for me is that I'm very silent about how I help people or what I do. I mean, I have a business, but it's like the last thing I tell people, right? right? (laughs) It's like, what do you make? Well, I create clarity and confidence and can help you get anything you want. But you have to search really hard to find out how to get me to do that, right? Um, I'm not going to, I'm not, it's about, you said it, I'm not going to qualify and quantify anymore. It's something that I'm really good at. It's something I really can help people with. And I'm just going to start telling everybody that I do it. And it's not about qualifying and quantifying. It's something I do. It's Ralph's doesn't walk around going, I'm a grocery store. I'm a grocery store. They're like, I'm right here. (laughs) I'm right here. If you need something, come on in. And that's how I'm going to level up. Hey, I have something to offer and I might be able to help you. I'm here come on in. <laughs> right? Uh, let let me help you if I can. I'm not going to be as quiet about it or as covered as veiled. Right. And you? I think for me, it does mean again, in, in piggybacking off of our 
what we make and you know again it's the same thing I, I it's very easy for me to say i make experiences but before the, but before the pandemic hit i was having major noise about pitching a giant project that is an experience-based project that i believe in 100 mm -hmm. and i was having a lot of shame and a lot of imposter syndrome about asking for investors for it and that's ridiculous. And now that nothing has been able to happen that is live and in person for a year, there is no reason to not take the leap and jump and go, yeah, I'm gonna ask because I believe in what I make. Both of us, we believe in what we make and it just because someone says yes or no doesn't mean it's any less valid. Right. And that's for everybody, no matter what you make or what you do or what you want to accomplish, just because someone says yes or no doesn't make what you do any less valid. So go ahead and do it because yeah. we've had a year of not doing of nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, wow. I think we helped each other very much. Uh, if our listeners got something out of it, wonderful. Please let us know. Let but us we, know. We are like fixed. I feel much better. Me too. Thank you. This was, I'm going to cancel therapy tomorrow. Cause we're <laughs> recording this on a Monday and let me tell you today is a Monday. I know you'll be all be listening to this on a Wednesday and later, but Honey, we are Mondaying our way I was. to a brighter yeah. future. <laughs> Melissa tried to have a phone call at three and it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's lighten things up with a little uh, segment that we love mm -hmm. that we have had so much fun doing. Um, it's time for She Gets It. Mm -hmm. She Gets It. She Who's gets our it. She gets it of the week. You brought this up and it's, uh, I felt like an idiot for not thinking of this sooner because it's somebody I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I think that she gets it of the week again is not the pronoun means nothing, but right. this person has brought such joy throughout COVID. Well, throughout mm. his entire career, but right. has exploded during, during COVID on social media. And I'm telling you, if you follow this person on social media, there's no way you aren't cracking up every time you click on his page. And this is Leslie Jordan. Amen. I think this man is not only a talent, bright light, a happy spirit, but I think he really gets it on all levels. Uh, socially, I don't know the man, but spiritually as an artist, just an overall good, happy person. You absolutely. tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Well, no, you're absolutely correct. And what is interesting that I'm just now thinking of that I didn't even think about when we were talking about this as we were prepping the episode, but it now comes full circle to the conversation. His whole thing is being honest about telling his story. Oh my because gosh, of the course. Stuff, the stuff that he's doing on Instagram that then blew up during COVID, well, he's been telling those stories in his one-man show. His right. My Trip Down the Pink Carpet, where he talks about everything from his you know, journey to sobriety to, I mean, the dark, the dirty, the, mm -hmm. the funny, mm -hmm. the, the sad, the heartbreaking, mm -hmm. the everything in between, you know, he's been authentically telling his story for many years now. And, and thanks to the beauty of, you know, the, the short form social media, now 5 million people get to see it every day. But even when you go back to the beginning of, of quarantine, it was a lot of him telling stories about his mom and his sisters. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it was really about being honest about his story and everybody related, even though, can we relate to a four foot 10, you know, southern gay man in his no. late 50s i don't think but, so but yeah 
Absolutely. She she gets it. We really should. We really should. That should be a that should be a season two. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, we have we have shared so much. <laughs> But uh, if you're following us over on Patreon, we will share a little more. And today we're going to be super silly and I'm going to switch the conversation since we were so thoughtful about everything that we shared here on the podcast. I want to pose the question and you'll have to you'll have to sign up on Patreon to get this answer. But we are going to reveal we've talked about when we felt most like an imposter. I want to know from Allison, myself, and our producer, Melissa, when we felt like the ultimate badass, whether it was valid or not. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to reveal where we felt like we were really hot doo-doo. Oh, boy. <laughs> Patreon really reveals too much. I don't, I think we need to shut that page down. <laughs> Um, but before Allison shuts it all down, uh, <laughs> please subscribe for just a few dollars a month. You can get all these wonderful tidbits and, and all sorts of extras as well. And that's patreon.com slash the con artist podcast. You can also find us across social media, mostly Facebook and Instagram at the con artist pod. And if you're enjoying this podcast, as we hope you are, feel free to give us a five-star review and tell us why you like what we're saying yes please <laughs> we appreciate you all uh, listening and we hope that you have gotten some inspiration out of today's conversation i certainly have me too and we will see you next week for more exciting combos and guests on the con artist bye